When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You might have been a little bit too kind in your evaluation there. <laughs> Honestly. Like, I, I love Chicago. I love the people in Chicago. I love the city of Chicago. I have a special yeah. relationship with it, but it's just it's so hard sometimes to try to just speak positively about some of their teams there because good God, look at them. The Bulls are a mess. The White Sox are a mess. The Bears can't figure it out. The Hawk is coming back a little bit. I I love Chicago. I can't get enough of it. And that's why I get angry over what's going on with the Bears and the fact that you did not do it justice enough with just a, ugh. That doesn't even cover it. Does not even cover it. Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We started talking about this a little bit last week. The idea of getting out in front on certain wagers for the Super Bowl. And what's really interesting is what we are seeing right now when it comes to the MVP, which leads us to our special pizza money. Carlin versus Joe, Super Bowl 58, pizza money, prop of the day. Pizza, pizza. Okay, so we're giving out one per day all week. By the time we get to Friday, we'll end up giving you like 50, so don't worry about it. But yesterday, Patrick Mahomes under 37 and a half passing attempts. Today, we're going to take a shot here. MVP, Rasheed Rice, Chiefs wide receiver, 60 to 1. Let's fire, Okay. Rice is one of only a handful, small handful of options Patrick Mahomes can actually work with. Can't bank on Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, and a bunch of the other dudes. So outside of Kelsey, who's probably going to see a lot of tough coverages, Rasheed Rice could be the guy that puts up a big game. Keep in mind, Mahomes has won two MVP awards. Maybe the voters want to go in another direction. After all, after Brady won his first two MVP awards in his first two Super Bowls, you know who won it in his third win? Deion Branch, wide receiver. So here's Rasheed Rice. Now, the top corner for the Niners, Charvarius Ward. He lines up primarily on the right side. If you're the Chiefs, you might as well throw Justin Watson or Marquez Valdez-Scantling over there so that Ward is dealing with one of your lesser options. Put Rice in a favorable matchup and target him all day. 60-1 to for MVP, Rasheed Rice. That's Pizza Money Super Bowl Prop Edition number two. See, very interesting, and I love the fact that you brought all of that knowledge into it, including the fact that Charvarius Ward is not going to travel everywhere. So that, to me, is kind of fascinating when you look at some of the other long shots to win Super Bowl MVP. These are courtesy of ESPN Bet. We're taking the quarterbacks out of the situation. We're taking Christian McCaffrey out of this discussion. We turn then to Travis Kelsey. You have made that point about Kelsey being at the exact same numbers for overs and unders with receptions and yardage, correct? I did not make that point, but I'm happy to make it right now. Well, you made it to us earlier off the air, so that's where I got stuck in my head. Here's how I'm trying to highlight the value, all right? Player one, his prop for receptions is six and a half. Player two, 
his prop for receptions is six and a half. Player one, his receiving yardage prop is 70 and a half yards. Player two, his receiving yardage prop is 66 and a half receiving yards. But player one's MVP odds are 14 to one. Player two's MVP odds are 60 to one. Player one, Travis Kelsey. Player two, Rasheed Rice. So Vegas is projecting props that are very similar in size and scope, but yet when it comes to winning the MVP award, one of them is 14 to one, the other is 60 to one. That's where I see a little bit of value in Rasheed Rice. Okay, so you know what America thinks. You know what I'm going to say right away. Why is Travis Kelsey 14 to one and Rasheed Rice is 60 to one? Because Travis Kelsey is dating Taylor Swift. Well, oh, that's what you were going to say. What did you think I was going to say? Not that, but that's a very interesting angle. Please go ahead and elaborate. <laughs> well, I personally don't believe it to be 100% the case. But when we're talking about popularity and we're talking about storylines, the one thing that I would bring that you'd consider somewhat knowledgeable to this discussion is considering who the people are who are voting for MVP in the game. They are writers, they are broadcasters. And then there's the fan vote, which is also brought into it, but I believe that's only counted in the 20% range, whereas the other 14 votes are 80% of the vote. So, Joe, if that's the case, what do the people who cover that game want? They want the best story. So that's why... I think you'll see a lot of action on Travis Kelsey as it gets really close to game time because you're going to get a lot more people involved there, and I think the disparity in the numbers is already in anticipation of that. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Travis Kelsey, if he wasn't dating Taylor Swift, would be 60-1 to 1 like Rasheed Rice. He wouldn't. That number would be more like 25-1. to 1. But at the same time, I can't operate under the assumption that it's not having a major impact on his numbers. So the Swift factor has to be accounted for because bookmakers have to manage their liability, right? They come up with what's called true odds. True odds are that if there's no outside influence, no bias whatsoever, here's the percentage chance this guy has of winning. That percentage chance correlates to this pricing in terms of odds, and we hang that number. The best example I can give you is Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods obviously had a miraculous run in the golf world from the late 90s all the way through what the aughts. And then there were the injuries and the things that took him off the course and things like that. At the tail end of his, I'm going to say right after his dominance, like when he was still playing and relatively healthy, but he wasn't at his most dominant, you would still see him priced at like 12 to 1 to win the Masters. Now, if you talk to any bookmaker and you said, what are, what are Tiger's true odds? They'd say probably 35 to 1, 40 to 1. Well, why don't you hang the true odds then? Because we're going to take so much Tiger Woods money, if he somehow wins, we are going to get buried. They have to account for that. They have to manage their liability. They know they're going to see Woods money, so they adjust the prices accordingly. That's going to happen with Kelsey here to an extent where if you like Travis Kelsey over receptions, over receiving yards, if you like him to score a touchdown, if you like him to win MVP, you got to play that stuff early. Because the public doesn't necessarily always have a say in how these point spreads and props are going to move, but they do in the Super Bowl because they make up so much volume. So many people bet this event that the public can influence the numbers. And the public is going to bet Kelsey this weekend. One, because Kelsey's a hell of a player. Two, because he's a hell of a brand name. And three, 
because he is dating Taylor Swift. And you're going to see action on pro-Kelsey props, overs, because of the people who love Taylor Swift and want to have some action on the game. We've seen this throughout the course of the year. Kelsey props have been some of the most bet options at some of these sports books, especially for some of these standalone games like Monday night, Thursday night, whatever, because the Taylor Swift fans want to have a say. Okay, but here's what's odd about the whole situation. Last year, Travis Kelsey was 10-1 to 1 yeah. to win MVP. I Personally, I think that probably had a little more to do with matchups than anything else. I think the the Eagles defense, as good as it was last year, I, I would have thought that you could look at it and say, well, Travis Kelsey could have a, a good game considering uh, how the Eagles do against tight ends. But why then would that number be such a precipitous drop-off this year when Travis Kelsey has been so much more prominent? Last year, you had two quarterbacks who absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, were seen as A, great quarterbacks, and B, large primary drivers of team success. Mahomes, you don't need me to elaborate. Jalen Hurts as well. The San Francisco situation is interesting because we still have this narrative that Purdy's good, but Purdy isn't the main reason why that offense is good. So as a result, you see odds that are cheaper for guys like Debo Samuel, guys like Brandon Ayuk, guys like George Kittle, guys like Christian McCaffrey. Remember, normally you'll have two quarterbacks who are like the runaway favorites, and then there will be a drop to the next guy who's maybe 8-1 to one or 10-1. to one. Here we have two quarterbacks, and the next guy's McCaffrey at like 4-1. to one. Right, You have a third heavyweight that's in the equation this year. So as a result, when you're talking about how you balance all this out, you can't just list every guy at 4-1. to one. If you're going to have someone that normally would be 10-1 to one move to 4-1, to one, you need to have someone who's 10-1 to one move back a little bit. And that's where Kelsey gets bumped because you have a guy like McCaffrey who's surging up the boards, which you didn't necessarily have last year. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Just in looking at a couple of the other guys who are long shots you've gone through the Rasheed Rice case you believe in that I think it's worth a shot yeah pricing wise without a shadow of a doubt I have to believe that Isaiah Pacheco at 30 to 1 is not a bad play when we listen to all the different analysis we heard Jeff Saturday for instance earlier saying hey if I'm the 49ers I am letting them try to just beat me to death in the run game as opposed to allowing the big plays. Doing everything I can to make them dink and dunk me and run the football, dare them to run the football. You're saying me. the 49ers allowing the Chiefs to run the football. Correct. Okay. Correct. I thought I thought Thus I, making it. Pacheco yeah. not a bad value at 30 to 1. Stretching the ball to the outside is something that has plagued the Niner defense this year. These outside runs that are off tackle. You saw that with Jameer Gibbs last week. So that could certainly work with Pacheco, who should see a heavy workload here. The one thing that worries me from a voter perspective is the fact that Damian Williams had three touchdowns in the matchup when these two met how many years ago? Mm-hmm. And Damian Williams still didn't get the MVP award. It went to Mahomes. I thought that was a, a, an egregious miss on behalf of the voters. Williams was more deserving, but again, they went with the quarterback. So that's the thing you got to worry about. But Pacheco to lead the game in rushing is somewhere around plus 180. I think that's worth dabbling. He's led both games previous to this, or all the playoff games previous to this. He's led all the players on the field in rushing. If he can get past Christian McCaffrey, like that's a really good price. 
From superchargers, exhaust kits, and more, eBay Motors has over 122 million parts in, to help you keep your ride or die alive. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that one. Keep your ride or die alive, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Well, in just moments, our guy Wendy is going to join us. And if there's somebody that knows LeBron better than Brian Windhorst, I don't know him. And Brian Windhorst says LeBron is dropping breadcrumbs once again. We'll get the clarification on that next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Be careful what you're asking for if you're LeBron James. You might get it from Rob Palenka, the GM in the Lakers, and you may not like it. This is what he excels at. Of course he was cognizant and aware that he was putting on a towel that said New York Knicks. And why would he mess with the Knicks? Because he was using the Knicks as a tool to pressure the Lakers. The hourglass, the Knicks towel, if all of those are messages, if I'm L.A., I call his bluff. Like, where are you going to go? LeBron is always awesome at leaving little breadcrumbs, and Wendy's all over it. It's Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA insider, joining us. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app presented by Progressive Insurance. Brian, let's just start there. All right, so the Knicks towel, the wearing the orange and blue before the game the other night, he is dropping those breadcrumbs, but, I mean— there's not actually a scenario where he ends up getting dealt. So how is he trying to pre- pressure the Lakers at that point? I mean, Carlin, he, here's the thing. The mm. individual details don't matter. <laughs> He's done this for 15 years. When he wants to send a message to his team or his teammates, this is what he does. He does this passive-aggressive stuff. It is... We are anybody who spent time around LeBron sees it clear as day. And here's what it's rooted in. 
it's rooted in that he goes out of his mind and goes pushes his body to the limit to maximize every single season. He wants to squeeze, you know, at some point in his teens, he, you know, came to this understanding that he wanted to maximize what he had, maximize his career, maximize the earnings he could have, maximize the the charity element that he can have, maximize the effect on people's lives, maximize this, maximize that. What he wants is he wants the people with his team to feel the same way. That's it. He wants them to maximize everything, whether that means you know, it, whether it works and leads to a championship or whatever, he just wants to maximize it. So we got a guy who's 39 years old who has scored over 20 points in 10 consecutive games playing through an ankle injury. He is doing everything he can to maximize this season. He wants the Lakers to do everything, to, to go into every last little corner and find every little thing. Who cares if it costs them something in 2030? All he cares about is maximizing what's right now. And that's all this is about. And it's not controversial. It's how he's operated for years. And it's probably how he'll operate until he's off of this earth. When he's no longer in the NBA and he's in the corporate world or he's an owner or he's an executive of, of a team, he's going to do the same thing. It's how he's wired. So we've talked for a little while about his future and how it relates to his son, Bronny, who's currently at USC and what that means for like the final years of LeBron's career. Does that still factor in playing with his son? I, I think it's something that he has expressed he very, very badly wants. You know, his legacy is so deep and wide and has so many different facets, and I think he would love to play with his son in a game. But he has said as well that that's his dream. It's not necessarily his son Bronny's dream. And so, you know, Bronny is focusing on his college season We'll see. You know, I, I know this sounds very basic, but just a statement of facts. LeBron's option is June 29th. The NBA draft is June 26th and 27th. So there's so many things that are going to happen between now and then, including whether we know for sure that Bronny is going to declare for the draft. So I guess what's going to, I, I know that this is not what you want. What you want is for me to give an exact answer of exactly what's going to happen. I don't know. What, what I do suspect is that he's playing for $51 million next year. He doesn't want to opt out of that contract. And what I also know is he wants to play for the Lakers. He, he's made that clear over and over. He wants to be a Laker. How the Bronny element comes in and what it means, was what he's willing to do, that I don't know. And quite frankly, I'm not sure he does either. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, joining us. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Uh, the Warriors. I mean, this is uh, this looks like the beginning of the end. But with the deadline on Thursday, Clay Thompson's getting benched. Is there anything that they can do here, especially when you consider their financial maneuverability uh, within the NBA's new rules? Let me ask you this: If there was a player that you could acquire who averages 17 points, shoots 37, 38% from three-point range on eight threes a game, and is still an above-average defender. If I just said that player was available, I'd have teams going, oh, my God. <laughs> he, might, he might get two first-round picks. Like People are looking at Alex Caruso and going, oh, my God, he might get two first-round picks. Those are Clay Thompson's stats. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Clay Thompson is still a very good player. He's just not the player that he was four or five years ago. Okay. And we are watching him go over the bell curve of his career in real time. And because he is who he is, we get to see it. And for something that we don't get to see very often, where a team stays together, a core stays together, we've watched this whole core. He didn't change teams three times. We've watched it. So everyone's just a little bit more sensitive to something that is just a very commonplace thing amongst all players in the NBA, which is they get on the backside of their careers. And that's what's happening with Clay. It doesn't mean he stinks. It doesn't mean he's not going to help the Warriors this year or years into the future. It just means that Steve Kerr isn't an automatically going to play him. This is, the, I think, the fourth time this year he hasn't finished the game with them. doesn't mean that when they play in Philly tomorrow, that, or actually, I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, but doesn't mean he's not going to finish that game. You know, that's just the thing. When it comes to the Warriors, I don't think that they're going to trade Chris Paul. I think if there's a material move to make, it's with Andrew Wiggins. And the thing with Wiggins is if you trade him right now, he's having the worst season since he's been in Golden State. And really, even if you look at his Minnesota years, he's having the worst season really of his career right now. All of his numbers are down. He's at the start of a four-year, $109 million contract. It's a terrible time to trade somebody like that. You would get the worst value on Wiggins that you could have gotten in, in, in any of the recent years past. That's not the time to trade somebody. But if you're asking me, there are four or five different Wiggins trade constructions that I've heard out there. I'm not excited about any of them. But they're, you know, they could trade him for a couple of players that potentially could maybe marginally improve their chances this year while also giving up on the idea that you're trading away a player who was a core piece of your team. Um, yeah, they could, but I'm not sure it's the, the, the greatest move, and I'm not sure they believe that either. I think you made a great point, Wendy, on Clay Thompson. But when we get to the offseason, he's been looking for a new contract. How do you think the Warriors handle that? Um, I think the Warriors have recognized that some of their players need to take pay cuts. Andrew Wiggins took a pay cut. Draymond Green took a pay cut. Klay Thompson got to take a pay cut. Now, we have seen this in the, over, the, over the annals of NBA history. There are times when a player will take a pay cut, but he won't take a pay cut with him. Well, he's going to take a pay cut because he's making 40-something million dollars. He's not a $40 million player anymore. But there are times when a player cannot bring himself to take a pay cut with his team. And so he will go to another team and take a pay cut, but he's not going to stay there. I don't see that from Clay. Clay, I think, wants to be a warrior and wants to be there. And it's just a matter of working it out. I would still wager on Clay Thompson remaining a warrior past this season. And this whole season is just an, a readjusting of reality about where he is and what his value in the market is. But yes, there'll be teams out there with salary cap space who look at those numbers and say, we're even going to make Clay a bigger role. We're going to pay him a lot of money, and it's possible it could happen. I just wouldn't bet on it. Uh, last one for Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider. Of course, you're listening to the Hoop Collective. If you're interested in getting smarter about basketball, it is available wherever podcasts are. does an amazing job on it. Uh, latest here with Joel Embiid, what your expectation is here and how this affects his future with the Sixers. Well, I don't want to say that hearing that a guy had to have surgery to fix his meniscus is good news. And the Sixers are working very hard to obfuscate this injury. But based on what I understand, 
and what I can see, it looks like Joel Embiid has a, a chance to play again this season. And that if he actually had had a meniscus repair done today instead of a meniscus uh, partial removal, he'd have been out for four to six months. So the fact that they're saying he's going to be reevaluated in four weeks leaves that door open. He could play. Now, look, guys, just to be clear, in four weeks, they could look at him and say, you know what? This isn't working. This isn't going to happen. We're going to shut him down. But what I think is important is that the trade deadline's in two days. The surgery was today, and it looks like Embiid could play. So I now believe that Philly is going to be buyers at the trade deadline. I have expected them for months before the Embiid injury to make multiple trades between one and three trades by Thursday as they look because they have three tradable first-round picks and over $100 million in expiring contracts. Those are the raw materials you need for a trade in the modern NBA. So I think we'll see that happen. Brian, great stuff as usual. We appreciate it. Thanks, Wendy. Take care, guys. Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, the Hoop Collective Podcast. Make sure you're locked in on it. Meanwhile, one of LeBron's former teams has not played this well since he was there. We're going to tell you who it is and a little bit of breaking news in regards to one of the big pieces for the Chiefs on Sunday and his availability for the Super Bowl. It's on the way next. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Let's go to the association. Devin Booker over 27 and a half points tonight. Minus 145. High total in this matchup between Phoenix and Milwaukee. Total is 243 and a half. That lends itself to quite a bit of scoring. Booker himself averaging 27.8 points per game on the season. So we're not asking him to go above and beyond much of what he's done this year. And when you get into a game environment with a total in the 240s, that speaks well to hitting your average and possibly exceeding it. Take a look at the last game he played at Washington. Only 14 points on 4 of 11 shooting. He was just 1 of 3 from deep. A little positive regression here tonight. Love the matchup. Devin Booker over 27.5 points, minus 145. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We are presented 
by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. A huge night on the hardwood. Up the floor, James hammers a right-hand dunk. Let's get caught up with Carlin versus Joe's NBA to Z. I'll tell you what, I'm getting even a little bit more energized day by day with the NBA. You know, I know we got the Super Bowl this week, but we have been jumping on this early uh, over the last few weeks, and we're going to be into it each and every day. Basketball in the NBA will be at the forefront before we know it. It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We start with some off-the-court news. The Philadelphia 76ers. Joel Embiid underwent his left meniscus procedure earlier today. He's going to be reevaluated in four weeks. How his recovery goes over the next few weeks is going to be quote paramount. But there will be, uh, but there continues to be a belief that the door is not closed on the possibility of the reigning MVP's return this year. That all tweeted by Woj earlier today, Joe. We just had Brian Windhorst on, who said he expects the Sixers to be making trades and looking to add by Thursday. Boy, that is a dangerous game, if you ask me. I know they've got the assets to do it, but still. Seven and a half back of the Celtics for the one seed. You're currently the five seed. You're going to miss a minimum 16 games here. 16 games when you're currently 11 games over 500, and you got the Pacers breathing down your neck. Think about that. He's going to be reevaluated in four weeks. He's not back in four weeks. No. It just means they're going to take a look at him in four weeks, and then they're probably going to have him need to ramp up his activity, get some stretching in, get some light one-on-one work in. One -on -one work in. By the time he's ready to come back, he probably misses 20. 25 or so games. So I don't know if he gets back into the lineup, then you still have to worry about if you're good enough to beat teams like Boston, Milwaukee in the Knicks. If he's great, if he's back, great. It'd be great to see, but I, I think the season's pretty much toast. I would agree myself. Then we turn in or we turn our attention rather to the Clippers. Hit it boys. Not firing for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's not going. We'll try one more time. Finds Leonard at the top. Pump fakes with one. Sidestep triple. Perfect. Kawhi Leonard is lethal. It fired that time, Joe. So did Kawhi Leonard. 137 to 130. The Clippers took that lead in the fourth quarter. AM 570. LA Sports. They win 149-144. 36 for Kawhi. 13 in the fourth quarter. Harden, 30 and 10. The Clippers finished their road trip that was lengthy because of the Grammys, 6-1. and one. I'll tell you what, they are fun to watch. They are fun. I can't believe I'm saying that. James Harden's making it fun. Top three in net rating, top three in offensive efficiency, currently third in the Western Conference, half a game back of the Thunder and the Timberwolves. This team is legit. This team is absolutely legit. They are 19-4 and four at home this season. They just wrapped up a big road trip. They've been winning on the road. They're 15-11. and 11. They got everything you want. They set the stage for what could be one of the most compelling storylines come April and playoff time because you've got a lot of young, fun teams that are starting to poke their head up out of the sand like OKC, Minnesota, New Orleans, Sacramento. And then you got a team like the Clippers filled with stars who generally don't play. 
But this year, the Stars are playing, and they're getting tremendous results. They are a force to be reckoned with. Kendrick Perkins says that's his team to win the championship as of right now. And if you look at the next few weeks, Joe, with their schedule, for every good team that they play, they probably play two bad teams. I'll tell you, they may very well could end up the number one seed in the West. I'm not going to be surprised at all. Throws, Throws it off it the glass and slams it all. Donovan Mitchell threw it off the window, grabbed it, pow! That was WTAM, Donovan Mitchell leading the Cavaliers. They are 14-1 and in their last 15 games. They beat the Kings 136-110 last night. They have outscored, this is from Evan, how about this stat? They have outscored their opponents by 248 points during that stretch. And they are all the way up in the two spot in the East. This is one of the most intriguing teams in the NBA because they had a very successful regular season last year. They have a lot of young talent on the roster. They have one big name superstar in terms of uh, veteran presence in Donovan Mitchell and a lot of really good guys that are breaking out at the current moment. They had a great point differential last year as well, which is a true indicator, but they got to the playoffs and they had no idea what to do in those matchups against the Knicks. They were outcoached from start to finish. They weren't nearly physical enough, and they got their rear ends kicked right out of the playoffs in a matchup that I believe was a 4-5 that a lot of people thought could be the best series of the first round. And by a lot of people, me, I remember touting that series, and we got nothing out of it. I wonder if they're one of those young teams that learns from that experience and Mm. comes back ferocious the following season. Like I said, one of the most compelling storylines as we approach playoff season. I'll tell you, Donovan Mitchell, if it was possible, has upped this game even further since we has come over from Utah uh, about a year and a half ago. Uh, Quickly, Luka and the Mavericks, they win again uh, 105-85 against the Sixers last night. If I can get myself straight here, uh, they won by 16, (laughs) 108-102, excuse me. But the bigger story here is that Kyrie Irving had 23. He's back after missing the last six games, and the Mavericks outscored the 76ers by 23 over the last three quarters of the game. And then tonight, Joe, 10 o'clock, game is on TNT, Eastern time that is, Bucks and Suns in Phoenix. I am very much looking forward to that. That game should be fantastic. To the point on the Mavericks, they've just been lying in the weeds most of the season due to injuries, 27 and 23, sitting in the eighth seed. A lot of upside with this team, but at some point we need to see it. Get healthy, get out there, make some plays. That was a compelling watch last night. As to this game tonight between the Suns and the Bucks. Oh, boy. If we're going to come on air tomorrow and the Bucs have lost another game since Doc Rivers took over as head coach. And by the way, that Suns team starting to cook right now. They're starting to cook a little bit. That is a big time matchup because the Bucs at some point need to wake up and win one of these big games. Bucs are one and three under Doc. They lost to Portland. One and three. It, It can't be right. Like they cannot be falling off a cliff. It's early. It's early. Give it time. They're trying They'll fall off stuff. the cliff later. Yeah, they, 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 they're on the way down, but they might be able to hit the eject button on the way. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. The 49ers need, needed to come back in their first two playoff games, but one person says that ain't happening this time around. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the iHeartRadio app. 
This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. College basketball. Let's take Clemson plus seven over North Carolina. Going to fade North Carolina off their huge win Saturday against Duke. Big win. Possible letdown spot here. Just happened for Kansas. Big win over Houston. Last night they go to Kansas State. They lose the game outright as a favorite. In that win over Duke, they shot 50% from the floor. 50%. They had 14 more free throws as well. I think those numbers are going to drop off. Clemson's off a one-point loss to Virginia. They shot only 35% in that matchup. Some positive regression is on the horizon. Clemson, plus seven over North Carolina. I'll tell you what that is. Bold. That is bold. I like it. It is bold. A lot of points. A lot of points there. Uh, it is a lot of points. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. I based that on seeing Carolina in person like 10 days ago. Holy cow, they are good. They are a good basketball team. R.J. Davis may be the best player in the country. All right, that aside, Super Bowl 58 Sunday, and Joseph, earlier today, Sal Powell joined us. He is with the 49ers all week long, and he had a rather definitive statement when it comes to how this Super Bowl plays out and what happens if the 49ers fall behind. If they're down early, there's not going to be a comeback, okay? There is not going to be a comeback. They have to maintain an early lead and be in a position at halftime to ride it out. If, they, if they're down early, they're not going to come back against Bagnolo and this Chiefs defense. And Joe, you have been on this for weeks. The fact that the 49ers are not built for this, and now you're starting to see some of the statistics that go along with it that really illustrate the point. What were they, 0-30 when going into the fourth quarter? Trailing by five or more points, Kyle Shanahan, prior to these playoffs, was 0-30 in those spots. However, trailed by more than five in both playoff games and came back to win both of them. But when Sal goes and says it that definitively, what is your take? On one hand, I completely agree. Because this is not the Lions or the Packers. The Packers were a very young team, the youngest in football. They were on the road. Jordan Love in a big spot. They got up early. They had a head coach who turtled up. They made some big mistakes late. They let the Niners back in the game. Similar situation with the Lions. Not as young as the Packers, but still a young team on the road. Made some boneheaded decisions throughout the course of the second half. And also horrible execution. Left the door open for the Niners to walk through it. That does not strike me as the way the Chiefs play. The Chiefs kind of left the door open for Baltimore a little bit in the second half. I mean, they scored zero points at M&T Bank Stadium in that second half, but it didn't matter. The Ravens kept shooting themselves in the foot in that game. So here, I don't think you can get off to that slow of a start and expect Kansas City to make big mistakes and let you back in the game. After all, this is not going to be in Santa Clara. This game's in Vegas. Crowd's going to be split. You're not going to have that advantage. Yeah, and and listen, I think if you are counting on being able to come back against them, you are, you know, you can't feel good about where it's been all along. I know what's happened the last couple of weeks, and maybe that starts to restore your faith a little bit if you're the 49ers, but there's only so many times that you can do that. Right? There's only so many times that you can put yourself in that situation 
and realize that when you come up against a team that is a really good defensive team against the pass and can get after the quarterback, that you aren't really asking for it. I mean, I, I look at them and I don't see a way that if – what's the number for you right now? For me, the number is 14. If you fell behind 21-7 in that game in the first quarter, and if you're down 10 at the half, I don't know that – I don't think they're coming back. Well, the big problem with that is if you're sitting down double digits in the second half of that game, you can't run the ball. And if yeah. you can't run the ball, that means Spagnolo and Kansas City are sitting there saying, this is great. We don't have the game plan for whether or not they're going to run or pass. It's no longer a guessing game. You can say to yourselves, these guys need to throw the football. We can design our defense around that. And as a result, you can sit back and put Purdy in some really uncomfortable situations, much like we yeah. saw in the first Baltimore game, much like we saw in the Cincinnati game. Playing from behind is a problem because game planning to slow down or limit – a a Kansas a San Francisco offense is so difficult when you're playing in game neutral situations or the Niners are playing from in front but if you know they're going to throw it takes half the guesswork out of it Shanahan is brilliant because of the play action he uses the run to set up the play action no one's going to bite on the play action when they know you have to throw the ball. And when they know you have to throw the ball and you can custom tailor your defense to stop that, you make life extremely difficult while also taking half of what makes Christian McCaffrey so great completely out of the game. Now, having said that, if the Chiefs fall behind, I do think it's a bit of a problem too. I don't think it's any lock that well, – I shouldn't use the word lock, but I don't think it's – um. You can have as much optimism in this situation if you fall behind in this game 21-7. Because while you can move the football and it's Patrick Mahomes and you're always going to have that kind of confidence, I still look at the 49ers, even though that they have struggled against the pass, they are going to once again uh, keep the ball away from you by running it effectively. I would expect them to do that. And I would once again expect them to thrive if they are trying to force the Kansas City Chiefs into running the ball. And I don't think the 49ers defensively are all of a sudden going to back off and let them dink and dunk you and go into a prevent defense to go down the field because the Chiefs will eat that up. San Francisco's approach is going to be very interesting. Very interesting because they, they play a lot of zone coverage. That's how they play defense. I don't know if they're going to come out and all of a sudden decide, hey, we're going to break away and we're going to play man-to-man. You look at some of the adjustments that are made at the halftime. Steve Spagnolo, the defensive coordinator in Kansas City, has done a wonderful job with his adjustments. Absolutely wonderful. Look at what he did to Baltimore in the second half of that game. Look at what he did to Buffalo, how he slowed them down in the second half of that game. And in the Super Bowl halftime, you get more time to adjust because you have that monstrous you know, halftime act. Right, It's not your standard 15 minutes or whatever it is. You've got more time to work on that stuff. Conversely, Steve Wilkes. I mean, you're not going to hear that name a whole lot this week, but if there's a weak link in this game, it appears to be the San Francisco defense. Jared Goff hung some big numbers on those guys. Jordan Love had a big first half against those guys. Baltimore went into their house and put up big numbers. Joe Burrow put up big numbers. That defense is not what we remember from the last few years. Wilkes' adjustments are going to be just as important in this game if he's capable of making them. My thanks to everybody down here at SiriusXM Radio in Washington, D.C. for having me today. Uh, Joseph, I will be with you in Bristol tomorrow. Yeah. The amount of hatred that I am getting toward my lists. I'm sorry, people. Sometimes you have to put yourselves out there. You don't want to deal with it? My list. Sorry. Well, it's Can't a help you. list where you 
rank your favorite burgers and, you know, you you hadn't even eaten some of them. One of them. Yeah. That's One, places. ten, it doesn't matter. It's, it, it's, a, it's tough to get behind a list when you openly admit you didn't even try it. The name of the place is Fat Burger, and it's a chain, okay? They believe in the spirit of the burger when they have something <laughs> that is a pound and a half to work with at the beginning. Those people, you know what they do? What's Those that? people get me. And <laughs> just by virtue of that, they're on the list. Thanks for listening to the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin versus Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin versus Joe podcast.